This episode of the Old Dogs REI Network is brought to you by Mino Studio. In a world where jobs are how most people make money, one man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manassero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manassero, and this is the show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Friday, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, type in Old Dogs, spelled D A W G S. Find our podcast and subscribe. Well, we have a fun show for you here. We have a returning guest. It's been at least four years uh, since I talked to this gentleman. He is just a, an amazing guy. I'm talking about Chris Prefontaine, and he is a three-time best-selling author of Here's some of the books, Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and Monica Sawyer's Real Estate Investing for Women. He is the founder and CEO of Smart Real Estate Coach and host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. Well, Chris, welcome back to the Old Dogs REI Network. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back, Bill. I, I'm sitting here taking notes thinking, okay, it was fun when you said over 50 when I was 52, but now we're fast forwarding four years. Now it's starting to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, uh, us old dogs can still learn new tricks, so there's nothing wrong 100%. with that, you know? <laughs> well, I am dying to catch up with you. Uh, it's been a long time. You were doing amazing things four years ago, but uh, I'm sure a lot of new stuff has happened since then. So, uh, yeah, just bring us up to date if you don't mind. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. That was 18. Um, I'll just be surface level and we can dive back into any piece of this. But we bought our, our own building at the end of 18, actually. Um, and we bought it on terms, which is, as you know, how we buy. It was a free and clear property and we, we structured owner financing. So that's unique, especially around here. We live on a, a very um, active real estate market. It's an island. So it's it's a hot market almost always. Um, and it's also unique because it was a uh, sort of a commercial slash office multi-use building. And that's tough to go bank bank financing with these days. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, since then, the community has grown all around the country. If I think back to 19, 20, 21, a whole bunch has happened. 
uh, we've spread out uh, with what we call who we call our associates doing deals and really rev that up as far as um, how much we get in the trenches with them and help them do deals because as you know i don't know what we talked about four years ago in detail i scanned it but i can tell you that the the issue in my opinion still exists and i'd love your opinion on it then the issue being in the training space there's a whole bunch of good marketers but there's not a whole bunch of people able to do a whole bunch of deals and i, I think that was just a big gap so we're hoping we're hoping to continue to close that bill and that's what's been going on since then we just continue our mission gosh that's that's fascinating tell me exactly where you are what island well, we're in Rhode Island, and then in Rhode Island, we're on an island called the Quidnick Island. It's three towns, and my office and my home are in one of the three towns. So it's it tends to be a pretty hot market, you know, in general. Even even um, I was told, and I wasn't down here full time until '08, so I kind of missed a lot of the crap that went on in the in the crash. But I was told by the realtors that back then, you know, this particular area is what what was the only place selling the property. So it stays pretty busy. Wow. Wow. That's great. And uh, of course, you, you know, you didn't just buy a building. You had to, you had to negotiate a deal here. And uh, how, many, how many square feet is the, the building? The building's just under 6,000. Um, it was sort of a mess. My wife looked at it and said, you got to be kidding me. Like she, now she looks back in hindsight and says, wow, what a cool deal. And we, we inherited some really long-term tenants. We built a studio during COVID in the basement. It's really become quite useful and, and applicable, not just as an investment, but uh, for our companies. Oh, that's got to be great. That's got to be great. Well, I remember you know, way back when, when we were talking, uh, just uh, the fact that you were teaching people how to find deals, you know, not not necessarily commercial at that time, but, uh, you know, talking about houses and, and how to uh, get owner financing and to be able to get in with no money down. And, and I mean, just doing amazing things back then. And uh, so I'd love to hear kind of, you know, what... Uh, you know what you're doing right now in terms of uh, what you're teaching your 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 students, and um, you know where's your emphasis? Yeah, so good, very applicable question and appropriate meaning with the market changes, right? Because everybody wants to know what the heck's going on in the market. And if I knew, I wouldn't be on the podcast, right? We'd be on a beach somewhere forever. But <laughs> the the fact is, we have tweaked a little bit um, as far as within the niche that we swim in. That being lease purchase, owner financing, and subject to owner, uh, subject to existing financing deals within that space, we have been pushing longer terms for our students so that they wouldn't worry so much or get caught up in any any quick cycles that were going on. So that's one. I'll call it a change because we have changed personally with our family team to hey, the standard being when I talk to a seller three or four years to really anchoring a much longer term and then seeing where that goes in the negotiation. So we're getting five and 10 year terms, no problem. Um, we're turning some of those deals into sub two deals and, you know, taking them out 20 years. So that has changed a lot. It's just because we focus mentally on, okay, that's what we got to do personally. And then we'll go teach the students to do that. Um, we've added a second component uh, that again, it's really, if you remember, build stuff we do. So whatever we do as a family team, we say, Hey, if that works, let's bring it to the wicked smart community. And so the other thing was sort of teaching them how to become the authority in their marketplace, meaning their expert, the expert, and so that people seek them out. And so we've done that through some one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with myself and, and a good friend and accountability partner, Stephen Westner. Uh, we teach the, the higher level students and associates how to do just that in their marketplace. And then we've got, we actually have a book coming out called Sell with Authority for Real Estate Investors. Um, it was a sell with authority book. It was like a, they, they like chicken souped it and they came to us and said, we well, do the real estate one. And so that's coming out here in just a couple months. It's done. 
And so that goes along with the kind of what we call stacking, ta tacking on new more and more things. So longer terms, becoming the authority, and really just getting really, really good at, at constructing these, these deals. We still do residential, to your earlier point, but there's nothing, literally, if you think back in history, 1600s before banking in New York City, if you read the Vanderbilt book that Anderson Cooper recently came out with, um, they talk in that book about prior to banking in New York City in the 1600s, people doing master leases is what they called it then and owner financing. So this is, it's like, I always tell people it's not new, it's proven, it's been around forever. We just kind of tweaked the processes and, and wrapped some support around it, if that makes sense. And Sorry, that was a long answer to a good question. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you, you, I know you mentioned you don't want to be a procrastinator, you know, really to take a look at, um, you know, where the market is going. But you are experiencing things in this market, it sounds like, that uh, are demonstrating trends. And, and that, that we'd really love to hear about because with a booming market like this, with, uh, you know, just record highs and, you know, and home prices, what opportunities are there still you know for distressed deals and that kind of that kind of thing i'll tell you what i'm seeing of, of of late and it's only fresh on brain because as of this filming with you uh recording rather i just got off a mastermind call with our higher level people i think there's 21 of us on there and what i what i pointed out is it's kind of cool we, our our wicked smart community is like a microcosm of society so i get a decent look around the country as small as we are I get a decent look at what's going on. And, and by and large, we're seeing more and more people getting hurt or potentially getting hurt if we don't get to them with the banks. So I'll give you real examples. So just this week with our family team, we had a, a poor woman was, uh, she was around 100 and I think it's like 170 grand. She's about 40 grand or more in arrears. And she literally said, I, is it because of medical? It's legitimate, like three year medical hassle. And so she said, I just can't do it. Like, I'm literally done. There's no more forbearance stuff going on in the banks. And I, I'm just going to let it go. Could you guys help me? Because if not, she gets foreclosed, as you know, and she's got a seven year, thereabouts, seven year headache. Hmm. So, why I'm bringing this up is my wife recently also said, why are we seeing more foreclosures around our area than ever before, all of a sudden popping up online? And I said, it's because, in my opinion, the banks are now uh, obviously not doing the forbearance and the kick the can down the street that they were doing. And a lot of this stuff's coming up now and we can be the guide. I know the market's hot, and but unbeknownst to so many people, there's a lot of these people that need us as investors to be their guide and to literally, I won't say save, but to, to help them. I think that's a big, big trend. There's actually a list now called COVID distress. I was amazed that it already came out. Wow. And so we're, yeah, we're experimenting with that list a little bit. And we are experiencing with uh, uh, probate, doing terms deals with probate. I just don't think that's ever going anywhere. Um, someone gave me a stat. This is not mine. Just the other day, Bill. He said he, he's been doing probate 20-something years. And he said on my show, someone is uh, dying every eight seconds in the U.S. and someone is born every six seconds. And he was just given the massive market that probate is. So it fits quite well within, within the terms niche that we operate in. It just takes more time. So it's not a great sort of entry level thing for a new person to do. But if you've got some training going on or you got a coach or you know, you, you got some business going on, probate's a nice thing to tack on. So those are some new things that I'm seeing and hearing and, and practicing. And as far as the, the sort of distressed situation, mm -hmm. um, what, I mean, are these, 
you know, we heard sort of during COVID that there was sort of this backlog of foreclosures that was building up and that, mm. uh, that uh, you know, they're, yeah, they're putting them off with forbearance and, and what have you, trying to right. delay the process. Uh, it, I mean, it, was that an accurate statement by people that, that there really was this buildup and now, you know, everything's been exhausted and there's no other place to go but, but foreclosure? I'm feeling it. I'm not saying I'm in any way a, a statistician or economist that would know that for a fact, but I'm just going by, again, my kind of snippet or my microcosm of society being my community and, and I'm hearing it. So I'm hearing things like that and I'm hearing things like, oh, I'm getting callbacks from sellers that, you know, I called during COVID and they were somewhat, I'll use their words, they were somewhat delusional that market was screaming hot. And now it, in my opinion, it's softening in different pockets even though it's screaming hot in a lot of places still, and we are getting these distressed situations popping their head up. The situations there, are they a result, I mean, a direct result of COVID where you, for example, a lot of small business people were hit and um, and some unrecoverable. And, um, and we, we kind of know about that. We also know that, that uh, you know, large corporations were outsourcing or actually, you know, that they were doing remote uh you know, employees and things like that. But, um, you know, were there, were there some, was there downsizing, a lot of downsizing? Uh, are people, is it because they're out of work? Uh, you know, we hear that there's a strong demand for people in so many areas, but so it's kind of confusing to see where it's, I mean, inflation, mm. we've got inflation affecting everything, but what, what do you think is the real, the, the, the real cause there? You know, I don't, I don't know that directly, but I have two comments on that, that, that I hope are, are nuggets that someone can work with. And that is, um, one is the, because of the COVID, uh, this is, you can look at this as a positive, the, the rise in entrepreneurship, and it's different stats if you Google this, meaning people saying to heck with corporate America or to heck with flying around, you know, they go start their own business. The uh, in Michael Dell's recent book, he said he cited, um, I think it was a couple hundred thousand businesses a year in the United States that get registered anyway, and that that was doubled last year, and he expected it to go up again. And I heard somewhere else when I Googled, I said, that's interesting. Let me see. There was like a 72% of increase of people starting their own business. So all that to say, because of COVID, that has pushed a lot of that, and that affected us in two ways, and it probably affects other people listening. One is it drove people to our community. That, that's fine, but from a real estate standpoint, it's driving um, an issue with these entrepreneurs that probably presumably made decent money in corporate and opted to leave. I'm not talking about layoffs. I'm talking about people that opted to say the tech with the job. And so they, they had probably a good financial base, but because they just started their own business, they're not bankable right now. They can't go get a loan as a buyer. That's another enormous um, upsurge in who we can help in, in the terms niche because now they need a couple of years, two years typically of seasoning with the banks unless that changes. But you go, go get a new job or you start a new business, they need a couple of years. But these are great potential buyers with most of them down payments and they fit our model tremendously well. So we see that. That's a positive because we went from the distress to this. And I just wanted to add the other dimension to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that uh, well, that's that's what I'm asking because I think you would see those sort of budding entrepreneurs, I would think, um, and especially because of the fact that you teach um, you know, creative financing and things that that, that a, a new business would really need, um, or just a you know somebody starting off and they're just going to start maybe they're they're going to you know look at lease options and to build a lease option business, um, you know, getting that that 
if they don't have the funding, you know, to be able right. to what they need to in order to get that launched. Yeah, and even if they had money, I'll say this for the for the listeners that might fall into that corporate mode. I've got I've had um, um, I'll be specific. I've had doctors, nurses, two attorneys, and one of those doctors was a surgeon come to our community. So they have money. It's not like they can't go out and invest in a property. But when they hear, oh, you mean I can go do these deals and maybe put zero to a little bit? Because if you do own a financing or sub two, you you might have to come up or like you find a deal like me this week with the you know, 39, 40 grand in arrears. Okay. So there are opportunities like that, but we can, to your point, teach them, don't pull that out of the bank. Don't pull that out of investments. Don't pull that off the sidelines yet. And let's go build up a little bit of a, a lease purchase or an owner financing portfolio, like my building that you didn't have to put a whole bunch of money down so that they can get the best of both while they wait out their two years of seasoning or while they start their own business or whatever their situation might be. Well, I remember you mentioning when, uh, from before that you uh, help them in, in a couple of different avenues when you teach them where to find these properties. But you also, uh, if and I could be wrong here, but it was um, I thought you were also helping them to build up uh, a sort of a buyer pool um, so that as they find these properties, whether they're flipping a wholesaling or, or, or what have you, that you've got those those investors in your pocket so you don't have to deal with the banks. You can work with private money. Is, is that is that still the case? Or? Uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, a both and a little bit of twist. So, yes, um, we have them build up uh, the, the portfolio um, um Without putting cash down, is that kind of your main gist? Is that was the base of that question? Yeah, exactly. Well, in other words, find a deal, and um, whether it goes in a contract or what have you, you know, they've got somebody on the other end. Yeah, right. I got you. I got you. Sorry. So yeah. So unlike a lot of the niches, Bill, um, on the buyer side, we don't have to pre-build a list. But the neat thing is, once you get, because we teach you to do business right in your area, there's no reason to go, you know trying to find out markets and all this crazy stuff and not an issue, just operate in your area. Once you get your first property under agreement, you will build an immediate buyer's list. And, and here's why. I, I, I hope it's obvious, but I want to make sure I state it because of the recent COVID example I gave with the extra buyers out there. When you offer out in the marketplace a terms deal or an owner financing deal or a lease purchase deal, you're offering the buyers that. All of that increase in entrepreneurship, all those people I told you that weren't bankable right now or they get hit with COVID so their credit needs time, whatever it may be, they're on the, it's way higher than it was, say, when you and I talked four years ago. And so you, you can help them and, and they'll come flocking to you just with your first two properties and you'll instantly build a buyer's list. So there's no need to try to learn how to market ahead of time. Just go get your first two properties and you'll have a ton of buyers. God, that's great. That's great. And it's interesting. You mentioned the, you know, the healthcare side of things. Um, I mean, there's a, a crisis going on right now in, in, in a lot of communities because the, the number of nurses that uh, are no longer, you know, part of the hospitals locally in their area and so forth. And uh, I, I could see how that could be a, uh, an audience for you, a real strong one. Um, uh, you know, I know doctors that, you know, that just, you know they're they're no longer you know practicing anymore because of the pressures and the and some of the issues associated with it. So, um, God, that's uh, that I didn't even think about that. That could be a great audience for you. I think it's the it's the pressure from the COVID stuff for sure, no doubt. But it's also maybe it just pushed them over the line. Meaning, I'm just trying to visualize how I'm saying this, and that is like. We teach, as you probably remember, three paydays per deal. Like they get cash now, cash over time, and cash long term. And when you start talking to a doctor, let's just pick on that for a minute, who 
if they lose the use of their hands, let's say, or they can't physically go perform, especially the surgeon, then they're literally out of business and their multiple six-figure lifestyle that so many of them have built like goes away potentially tomorrow unless they're very well set up financially. And so when they start looking at our deals, even if they play with it on the sidelines and just do like a few a year, they're establishing a, an entirely different nest egg, at least entirely different for them um, to support or uh, or to grow uh, their lifestyle. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because that that is a you know it's, it's just like um, any any business or any trade you know when somebody um there's an injury or something you know that boom it, you could just be out of business if you're yep. a plumber and you you know and you're you know you've got inoperable hands or something like that yeah i mean you you know all of a sudden boom you're you're just uh you're stuck so um you know one thing about what you teach is that you know, for, i would for the most part i mean all they need is a little laptop and uh and you know and just uh you know understand the 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 basics of, of how to how to do that kind of business, right? And yeah, because uh, okay, going back to another another uh, thing you asked about COVID. So here's another cool thing, positive. When just to your point about the laptop. So let's just say that uh, pre-COVID, were sellers as open to um, was it as palatable for them to have a call from let's say me or you as an investor and just do it over FaceTime or do it over Zoom. No, not so much. They, it was like a given you went out. And so there's so many more appointments now, I'd say over 50%, where not only do they want you to do that, it's acceptable you know, to the point where they expect that to be the first step. We do walkthroughs through FaceTime and Zoom. Um, that's pretty cool. And so it's no longer, oh, they don't want to come out or they're not interested. It's kind of acceptable. It was health, and now it's just kind of like, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we take that first step to make sure it's even worth spending time together? Yeah, that's a, that. That has transformed, <laughs> I mean, the entire nation, just right. uh, the world, you know, just the uh, people using Zoom now as a regular, you know, part of their their days even. And uh, and even in the real estate community, just the, you know, the, the virtual walkthroughs and uh, are so much Crazy. more more acceptable than they ever yeah. have been. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, I would l love to hear, um, you know, maybe if you wanted to share some some stories about, uh, you know, people and some of their situations and, and how you you've been able to um, help these people through the various things that you're teaching um, folks. You know, I really love too. I, I didn't want to say this earlier too, is just, it really is a, a family business. You mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, that was one of the things that really impressed me that you and your wife were up there, your kids, you, you know, you guys were, this was very much a, a family business. And uh, um, I'm sure your kids have grown a little since, uh, since then, but uh, um, it's, uh, it, you know, that, that really means a lot because I, I think people need to see that, you know, this is, this is something you learned by doing it yourself first, right? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll make a few comments on that. And I do have a, a, a story or two to share because I think it, it it will touch someone out there that says, okay, that's me. I can I can do that. Yes, it's a family company still. Our, our kids, quote unquote, are in the 30s, early 30s. Um, I've got two grandkids now. And so Kayla's not as active, my daughter, but Zach, my son-in-law, and Nick are very, very active. And so even to the point, uh, Bill, like if someone calls us and says, the probate guy is a great example. Hey, Chris, I got this great program. And, and I said, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. We gotta, we have to, as a family team, 
try your program. I think it's valid. This is like nine months ago. And then if we like it and if we get results, then we'll bring it to the to the Wicked Smart community, the students. And they know that now. They, they trust us that we will vet it because we're in the trenches and we're in the field. So that works. It also works when mistakes come and curveballs come on deals. We immediately, because we're talking to them weekly on, on Zoom, we have open calls. So we immediately jump on and go, okay, here's the lessons this week. And they love that. So it's like we're on cutting edge. And then they, for us, right, they're on cutting edge because we've got microcosm I keep referring to. We've got all these people out there. We as a community learn together. So it is that family environment with them as well, not just not just our immediate family. So just a side note. As far as the story, when you started that question, that I talked about corporate. So let me just pull one of those out of the community in my mind. And that is... Um, Brian is out in Chicago and Brian was your typical 17 year corporate person, not real estate, just traveled on planes every other week. Son was getting older, started to bum out that, you know, that he was leaving them. And so he found us in, uh, I think it was right before COVID of all times, November of 19, took our simple online course, you know, nothing crazy. Uh, it's less than a thousand bucks. He went through the course. Um, he then sent us a video personal video. We didn't require it. We didn't ask for it and said, here's why I think I'd be good for your community. And I'm going to be one of the best students. Now, of course, you get those comments all the time, right? <laughs> so people say, oh, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat everybody. Um, well, fast forward. He did what you alluded to earlier with the lease purchase deals. He took uh, a, a whopping $10 per deal because that's what our agreements have built. It's built with a $10 option deposit. He built his first, uh, at the time I interviewed him on my show, it was eight eight deals, but he's over a dozen now. But those first eight deals were all done with the lease purchase because they're the easiest for a new person. They were all built with $10 because it's simple for a new person. And they they all three paydays, all eight deals, he was a little over 800 grand, I think it was 840 grand. Um, he did leave his job after 17 years and he's full-time with us, very, very involved. And I know that's a fast forward of a story, but I want the listeners to know that when you talk about a family community, these guys have access to each other and us on Slack, like a hundred plus of us on Slack. So some days before I even get on the, get on get on Slack, Bill, there'll be a question, and you know, fifteen people answer it before I can even get to it. So it's just a great community, and to look at our our purpose of um, helping individuals and families to create the life of their dreams—that's the company purpose. That's what's happening when you take people like that. And of course, they got to be coachable. This is not a we handed to him on a silver platter. He worked his butt off in his defense, but the ones that are coach but want to work, it's life changing when you start talking uh, our three paydays ranging between 45 grand and 250 grand per deal. That's a big deal for, for almost anybody you talk to. So that's just a one story out of the community that comes to mind because that was pretty dramatic. Yeah, if if you wouldn't mind too, you know, just uh, if, if we could take just a little step back and and you can explain because you're using terms like you know lease option and and ten dollars and and you know and and you know maybe just just kind of break it out a little bit. You don't have to go into great detail, but um, the idea of of what processes uh, you know this person is going through and sure. and uh, and you know how does he make contact with the with the you know potential uh, seller and 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 just you know just kind of give us at least the the overview there. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, thanks for the reminder. Back to basics, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start at the beginning. And again, pull me back if it if it's not uh, where we're trying to nail. So the very beginning is um, the students are given any resource that we have as a family company. We we let them know about it. It's on our site. They can just go get what we do. So the one of them is a service that provides daily feeds 
of expired listings for sale by owner listings and for rent by owner listings. Big deal during COVID because people don't want to be landlords anymore. Mm. So, so he gets those, uh, he makes a call, let's say to an expired listing. I'll use one that's on my desk right now. I called this first student today. It was an expired listing. Uh, he was on the market for 715,000. He did not sell. He owes 475. My initial conversation to continue this process was very simple. His name was Adam and Adam said, yeah, one of your students called me because this is how we help our students. We get on when there's a new student. One of your students called me and told me about all these purchase. Can you tell me how it would work for my house? I said, sure. The deed stays in your name. You were on the market at 715. You were going to pay a realtor. Do you know what you were trying to like all said and done? You pay a realtor what you were trying to net in your pocket. He said, yeah, probably like 200 grand, maybe a little less. Like he just had a rough idea after he paid his commission and fees where it'd be. Uh, mortgage owed 475. So I said, real simple, Adam, the call will take me just a few minutes. We're going to lock in your equity of 240 grand. That's the difference between what you were trying to sell and you didn't sell it and what you owe. It's 240. So we're going to lock that in. On or before 36 months, we're going to go ahead and pay off your loan, which is less now. That's to our benefit. And we're going to give you your $240,000. So he's going to net more with the lease purchase. And all lease purchases is for $10. I have the right to purchase his property on or before 36 months or assign it to one of my own buyers, if, the, if that's the case with what we do. And um, for that $10, D doesn't transfer, everything's safe for the seller. The difference is we take over the underlying mortgage payment by just simply making the payment for him. We don't assume it or sign on it. And we also take over all maintenance and uh, repairs because we pass that on to our buyer. And then who goes in that home? The person when you and I talked about earlier. They, they need credit repair or they need seasoning, uh, you know, these buyers that just need time. Um, so that's the initial conversation is just that. And I said to him, if you need that money now, that 200, we're going to protect more. But if you need like your couple hundred grand now, then you'd be better off selling and taking a little bit less. But if you have time, you don't need that tomorrow. This will be a better route for you. Those are the type of people that do business with us. And the conversation was great after that without getting too crazy. So they get the lead from a source that feeds them every day. They call it. They have scripts from us that allow them to learn how to talk to the sellers. They then tie that property up under agreement. Um, very key point is they do not stop making that underlying mortgage payment until such time they find their buyer who needs time who will go into that home under a rent-to-own vehicle to cover all those numbers I just talked about. Is that a little bit better on the, on the yeah great on great very good and just to you know clarify so th so the person that is on the the other side in other words okay you found the deal this this is you know you structured it in a way that looked like it just was excellent for this guy um, but uh, but then you've got you've got to find that uh, that person to come in there to rent to own like you were saying or lease right. option um, so this is an individual that normally would probably not have a you know, a, a good chance of getting approved for a mortgage, for example. Correct. Today, correct. Yeah. But a rent-to-own gives them that option. So within a period of time, um, they could, in essence, improve their their credit scores and, and so that they could actually finance this property. Is, is that, is, am I right? Is that, That's correct. That, Whether okay. it's improved credit score or, or they have to save more or like the people starting their own business, they just need what the bank calls two years of seasoning, some history, whatever it might be, they need time and we provide that on-ramp. Very important piece here though. They do go, Bill, through underwriting. There's a lot of educators out there and they do it publicly, so I'm not talking to school about them, but they, they'll say, oh, who cares if your buyer qualifies? You know, you collect a down payment and if they don't qualify, they leave and you do it again. Well, 
that's awful, morally and ethically, that's awful. So what we do up front is we put the buyer through uh, third-party screening. So they come out of that screening with a mortgage-ready plan, we call it, and it says, hey, I spoke to your buyer, Bill. They'll be mortgage-ready if they fall A, B, C, D. You know, they follow the plan. Uh, Bill will be mortgage-ready in blank months, and it usually ranges from like 18 to 30 months. And then we just stay, we just help the buyer stay accountable to that plan and then yes, to your question, they go out and get the, a regular conventional loan towards the end when they now can qualify more readily, and they purchase the home directly in the sandwich lease situation directly with the seller, and we're in the middle. Okay, and that's and that's the thing to me. You know, and again, you know, we're over six hundred or we're right around six hundred podcasts here. Talk to a number of people that do lease options, and and one thing that really stood out to me is is your. The, the fact that you you get behind the person that's doing the, the rent to buy uh, part of it. And, and like you said, a lot of people will just look at this and they'll say, hey, you know, if they don't do it, great. Hey, you got a great piece of real estate now, you know, right. and, and, they, and they just kind of shove that off. But the fact that you put so much into that, that this is what really impressed me. And, and I, just, I just think that uh, you don't set them up for failure. You're, you're trying to set them up to succeed and you give them the steps that, and the things that they need to do to make that happen. I mean, um, and, and that to me is what is a major differentiating point because I would feel more comfortable, you know, <laughs> with that approach than I would the other one where, hey, you know, they either get their act together or they don't. And, um, you know, not everybody's equipped <laughs> and not everybody has the tools to be able to make that happen or at least understand what they have to do. And that that that's a that's a definitely a differentiating point in, in your business that I, it really, really impresses me. No, I appreciate it. I, I'll give you a metric. The 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 industry stat, if you talked to it and you you I'm sure you've had people on your show that their statistics, statistics, excuse me, is probably going to be somewhere between 80 and 95 percent of their deals fall out because of what I said. We have about a two to five. I'll even stretch it maybe because of COVID, say two to 10 percent fallout rate. But that's super. That's like an inverse relationship to the rest of the. God, that's, yeah, you know, totally yeah, the people doing it. Now, do you uh, do you also help them like uh, point them to like FHA loans or some some you know types of loans that might fit better for their situation? Um, uh, put them in contact with you know mortgage brokers or or you know ver- bankers, what have you? Yep, we definitely do. Um, like for example, our family team. My son Nick handles the uh, buyer side of this. He's very well scripted now. He's been doing this for a long time with us, and he has a woman uh, Michelle that really had started originally like most loan officers not understanding how what we call a a payday three a sandwich lease cash out is i mean it's because there is some intricacies at the very end of this when it cashes out well now she's done i don't know how many maybe 100 whatever the number is she's definitely well versed so now nick my son gets the buyers with her anywhere between six and 12 months ahead of their sort of end mortgage date and they start working that and then they close it out and we don't hear from her. She, so now she's worked out all the kinks. Now there are, there are a bunch of Michelle's, so to speak, in a lot of the different markets we exist in now with our Wicked Smart community, our associates, because we've established similar relationships and helped those students. So there's some really cool mortgage offices that know how to cash these out quite readily with us. Okay, that's great. And they know they're used to that type of buyer, which is a yeah. real advantage. Um, just again, I'm, I'm going to take a little step back just for those that are listening that may, you know, they're starting to get it, but maybe they don't have the whole the whole 
package. You've got this buyer. Now, uh, the buyer does have some responsibility here. And, you know, maybe you could touch on that in terms of there is a down payment, right? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so when I, I kept saying three paydays, so, that, so again, to your basic thing, this is important. We, we trademarked, I, since we talked to you, we trademarked three paydays um, uh, in the United States. And payday one is a buyer comes in with a non-refundable down payment. And this is very important for two reasons. One, they are truly a buyer. That's what a buyer does. Second, you're not setting them up to win in most cases, and there are exceptions, FHA, VA, et cetera, but you're not setting them up to win on a conventional finance deal if the if the deposit is out of whack at the end of the term. For example, if it's a jumbo loan and they know they get up 20% at the end and you're requiring four or 5%, you're setting them up to have a headache at the end of this thing. So yes, they need a down payment and that's what I refer to as our, our, our payday one. Okay, and is that, um... That's separate from the down payment they might have to do when they when they do finance it. Is that correct? Uh, good question. That usually is one and the same. So let's just say the home is uh, use round numbers half a million bucks, and let's say it's in a market that is not a jumbo. And so we're going to want them to come up with ten percent. That's their down payment. It's non-refundable, but it is their down payment. They do get full credit for it. And uh, that sometimes bill is up front and sometimes it's up front and over time. It's about 50, 50% of the time. Some will say, well, I've, instead of 50 grand right now, I've got you know 30, but I got a tax refund coming in February and I have a retroactive pay for my raise coming in this date. And we work out a plan so that they can increase that over time, getting themselves in a much better you know state to go ahead and get end financing and loan. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's one in the same. Uh, can you explain that? Sure. So in our agreement, sales price says 500 grand down payment says 50 grand. So when they go to get financing, they have to, we teach them this, they have to source that just like if you and I were going to go get a loan tomorrow, they're going to go, okay, Bill, would you get the 50 grand? Was it a gift? Did you have it in your bank? How long? So they're going to have to show, yes, I gave uh, that company, our family company or one of our students, the uh, 50 grand. Here's where it came from. Here's the sourcing of it. And of course, on our end, we're asked to provide that to the lender. So it's no different than if you and I got a loan today. The difference is we've got to be diligent with our records over the next three years if they're putting money down consistently to track that with them and for them so that it is counted for their down payment. And that's another another good thing you mentioned there too you mentioned three years is that sort of a, a standard uh, waiting period depending on the individual um only for the two second sets of circumstances off the top of my head one is if i'm dealing with a seller and this is a moral and ethical issue too if i'm dealing with a seller that's selling their primary residence and they're going to be out of that uh, they got to be in that for the last two out of five years to to maintain their their exclusion when they go ahead and sell you know so they don't get hit with capital gains and so I don't want to, some sellers don't know that. And I don't want to structure a four-year term, for example, with a seller that puts them in a bad tax situation. So that's number one. Number two, on the buyer side, most buyers do get qualified, the ones we pick, to be somewhere in that 18 to 30 range month-wise. So when we structure 36, we're leaving ourselves a little wiggle room with the seller uh, so nobody gets frustrated with any unrealistic time frames. But if I end up structuring a, that's a lease purchase. If I end up structuring an owner financing deal, let's say, as I said at the beginning of the show, we're structuring longer terms, say five years, six years, seven years, I simply relay that to the buyer. Look, no stress. 
you've got time, let's work on this plan, but don't stress out about it. Because somebody's really, they, they didn't get financing for a reason and they're frustrated and they're you know, stressed out with it. So if they have more time, we just don't push them. We just don't push the accountability as much and give them that longer stretch. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. That's great that there's a an, an alternative there, you know, should mm-hmm. they not qualify. So, um, guy, that's, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. Wow. Um, and you have another... Uh, Maybe one more example you can give us uh, before we uh, close out, you know, of, of uh, you know, something that really worked well. Yeah, yeah. I'll give one because we just got that call. So there's a gentleman that uh, was just like I talked about earlier. He is from medical sales, does very well, you know, multiple six figures in his profession, but just had enough, fairly young. Uh, joined our associate community and worked hard because I don't want this to be like, hey, this is an overnight get rich, even though the three paydays are very lucrative. It's not tomorrow. There's, there's skill sets here. There's mindset pieces here. There's systems. Everything has to be developed. Well, Justin took probably, man, I'm going to guess he just literally got his deal under contract today, but I think it took him about eight or nine months, maybe more part, part time. Then he finally left his job in medical sales to do this. He was set up so that he could do it. His three paydays, the bill, now this is, again, it's brand new today. He got this under agreement. His three paydays are in excess of 100 grand. Now, yes, he did very well. Let's say multiple six figures. Let's say a couple hundred grand in his job. But if he, when he puts together, not if, when he puts together three or four more of these, he just did his first, but when he puts together three or four more of these and he spreads that term out, he's got a predictable three payday income stream on every single house, and now he has a lifestyle. Because he literally said to us today, since I left my job, my 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 deals weren't flowing yet. Today was my first one, but I see my family. I go away. I don't stress. I was away this weekend. You know, it was a whole different lifestyle thing. And remember what I said: the purpose of our company is to help individuals and families create the life of their dreams. We literally look to do that as as much as we can. Wow, and and is um, are there just certain markets that are better to do this in, or is this happening in every kind of market? Uh, I mean, are there certain characteristics of a market that make it uh, uh, more desirable or more more opportunities there? Um, not so much characteristic as in, like, I know there's some really good educators that teach multifamily in different ways to analyze markets, and then they go to those markets, and they live there for three or four years. Not live, but, you know, do deals there. Not not so with the terms business. We teach them to go within 50-mile radius of their work or home, and, and we'll teach them how to find deals within that. Now, what changes, though? Not, not characteristics, but what does change is when the market changes, say, uh, when COVID hit and the market got red hot, well, the for sale by owners, many of them were successful, right? We all know that. They were popping deals right away. So out of the three ways at the beginning of the show that I said we got leads, FISBO, for rent by owner and expired, for sale by owner was not a hot one because they were selling on their own. So then we just shift a little bit and fish in a different pond, and that might have been the expireds because no matter how hot the market, there are expireds. And then you might shift a little bit to for rent by owners because you had a lot of landlords that – Age-wise or COVID-wise, we're just like, all right, I'm done. With everything that happened in COVID and they got beat up. Because renters, let me just say this, renters behave differently, like during COVID. They behave differently than a buyer in the home during the same time period, i.e. COVID. Because they want to buy that home. I I know there were rent forgiveness things out there, but if you're buying that home, you got a path to run on for the mortgage company. It has nothing to do with the government saying you, you don't have to pay your rent. So it's so important to distinguish between that, the, the different types of people we put in these homes, too. I think that was worth just throwing that in there. Mm, no, that's a really good point. I mean, we uh, yeah, we still have people that are um, 
you know, under <laughs> seems like there's still a moratorium going on here in California. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and that's in that a lot of people that are taking advantage of it. But uh, it's good. It's good that you point out that the, the people that are that are going to be buying that house and, and 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 I really like the fact that you do everything you can to help them to buy. And I, I think that that I, I can't emphasize that enough, but I think that that's that's key. And um isn't is getting that kind of an individual who isn't going to treat it like it's a rental you know this is their house and and that's kind of one of the appeals i think for for the the guy in between here uh the one that's putting the deal together is that you're not dealing with renters you know like uh people fix their own repairs they do you know they do all that stuff uh, separately isn't that correct correct yeah 100 percent. so we have very open discussions as well as disclosures at the beginning um, that basically sound like this. Look, Bill, we're not, you know, we're not your landlord. Um, you're a buyer. We're going to treat you like a buyer. Your home is going to appreciate if the market's going up or flat, like the market's not going up or down, just like you bought it today. The difference is we won't transfer title yet until you have your own mortgage. Everything else behaves and looks like and gets paid for like you are the buyer. So we start to, we literally say to them, especially for someone that's a first time buyer or thought they never could buy because of their credit, we say, this is going to be the path that is going to feel like this when you have your mortgage. The only difference is it'll be in your name then. Mm, that's great stuff. Great stuff, Chris. Wow. Yeah. It's been great catching up with you. And uh, I was very curious how COVID impacted you, but it sounded like it, it, uh, uh, if anything, it sounds like it, it might even been a boost. <laughs> I don't know. We did have a surge. Yeah, we did. I, I I couldn't tell you when we we built it. As you recall, probably from our first chat, we built this this niche in the business coming out of the crash in theory to really be able to thrive and, and, and kick butt in any market. And when COVID hit, first question everyone asked me, including my wife, was, OK, well, what's going to happen? I said, I don't know. Let's we'll see if it we'll see if it behaves like we thought it would. And sure enough, we had a surge. So, I, yeah, knock on wood, I'm, there's a lot of people we can help and hopefully that'll continue. That's great. This has been great having you on. I'm sure there's folks that are listening that would uh, like to find out more about what you do. And um, uh, what, what's the best way for folks to, to find that out? Well, you were awesome with your time. We spent a, a lot of time together. If they don't mind listening to me blab for longer, I do have a free, uh, I'm big on free. I have a free master's class. We call it, it's it's me on camera because of COVID uh, instead of live. And it goes about 55 minutes, but it's taking what Bill and I did and really going back to the beginning and saying, okay, what systems do you set up? How do you talk to people? Who the heck would want to talk to you as a seller? Who the heck would want to talk to you as a buyer? And what does that look like? And then we tear apart each one of the deals that Bill and I talked about, uh, the lease purchase, the owner financing, and the sub two. And we, we literally whiteboard it and show you how the three paydays work. I think that's an eye-opener to people. And that's simply at uh, smartrealestatecoach.com forward slash master's class. Awesome. Well, Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. This is good stuff. I, I think it's definitely pertinent to the times. Um, and I think that uh, there, there'll be some people listening, I'm sure, that want to want to dig deeper here. And uh, I, I think it would fit, especially folks that are, you know, 50 plus that, you know, are, are looking at options and looking at ways that they might be able to supplement their retirement and uh, some that aren't real you're not sitting real easy that their retirement may even be there in, in, in a few years. So uh, being able to set themselves up where there is a, um, is a 
you know, just a, a buffer if nothing else. So um, that's uh, that's great. Yeah, we'll load them up too, Bill. When they when they go to the um, master's class, just just a little for into what'll happen. We I, we load them up with more free stuff. Like I want people to go free, 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 free until they go. Oh, okay, I get it. And then they, I just don't want anyone committing to anything until they do that. So we give them our free best selling book. Like we load them up. So I just want people to know that that, that they're not going to get charged. They're going to get loaded up with free stuff. Ah, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on, Chris. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me again. It's always good to hang out, my man. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I also want to thank all our old dog listeners out there, too, for joining us. I know there's a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but the fact that you've taken the time to join us means a lot, and we really appreciate it. Please note everything that Chris talked about today will be outlined in detail in our olddogsreinetwork.com slash blog area, and uh, that's where the show notes are found, and you're going to look for show notes uh for the show with Chris Prefontaine. Well, that's the show for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.